What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the best new podcast, Anything Better, with myself, Paul Burzi, Phil Burr. You guys are listening to episode lucky number seven, which means we're going to be betting. We might be betting on some UFC. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Bill? There's a big UFC card coming up. Well, tell me about it. I, I dip in and out of that. I, I'm a big fan of the sport, but I also, you know, you know, I got well, the beauty rest. It comes on too late at night for me, Paul. It comes on at like eight, nine o'clock at night. By then, I'm, I'm worn out. Worn out no, with the kids. I had a I had a friend come over to watch the last fight, and he's he's like forty five. Oh, dude, years I old. paid for that, and I never fucking watched it. No, I the have Conor a McGregor one, right? Well, yeah, no, they're they've been doing UFC the whole first quarter of this year. They've been doing like even on their like ESPN Plus. They're just putting out great fights every Saturday night. I, yeah, I taped one of those. Yeah, where, what killed me? They said they were middleweights, and then they said they were like one seventy five. I'm like, that's not middleweight. That's the thing about, I don't know what weight is like, these guys are like either, I don't know what the weights are. There's like light, heavy. There's now there's heavy. There's like, I don't, I never knew what bantam weight meant. Um, But back in the day, you were either a little shit, a regular size guy or a heavyweight. There was like only three belts to win. Now there's like all of these, it's really inclusive. (laughs) I'm not really fat, but I'm not skinny either. That's the champion I am. Yo, I had a friend come over. He's like in his mid forties with a kid. He slept on my couch for the last two fights. And I'm going, yo, dude, I go, yo, yo, they're, they're coming on. And he just he goes, you get me? He just did. And I was just like, he's not. Oh, and you gotta let, you gotta let somebody sleep. He's, he slept and snored through two fights. And I just literally sat there with my dog and watched him. But um, this week is that Snoring Israel. Snoring and fire are the only two reasons to wake somebody up. Other than that, you just get somebody sleeping. It's they're tired. You got to let them do it. Their brain needs it. If you hear somebody snoring a certain way, you're like, this guy has not slept. Yeah, he needs it. Um, this yeah, Israel- if every wife starts snoring, I just do this. I just start moving the bed. I'm not going to lie. Better is you just touch them. They're like, oh, what is her? And then they just roll over. Can I confess something? I'm going to confess something to you, which I never told you as a friend. But one of the times that I actually got like, Paul, it's like, okay if you're gay. No. <laughs> I'm open-minded. I, when you shave why, why would you phrase it as confessing? No, because I never said it, but I stayed in your room one night. And, dude, you I thought you were going to scream at me. I was laying – we were young, dude. We were, like – not young, but we were, like – it was, I like, was when I first – young when I knew you. I met you in my mid-30s. I've been an old fuck since you met me. I was in my – I think the first time I met you, like, oh, if I was, like, 20 – I might have just turned 27. But one night I showed, one day I showed up to the hotel and I was, I had no room. My room wasn't ready and I had not slept and you saw it. I was like, dude, I'm on like 45 minutes. I was on like two planes and you were like, I'm not going to let you sit here and the thing. So you go like, come up, you know, you could sleep, dude. I went up to your room and I guess I was snoring and I rolled over and I came to, and I rolled over and I just heard you going, motherfucker. <laughs> I was, I think you were just getting so, I think I was just keeping you up, which I oh, get. No. No, what? I was flipping out probably about something else. Oh. I would have laughed, dude. If you were snoring, I would have. I just would. I, I always have earplugs with me. I was definitely. I don't get that mad at snoring. If oh, okay. I, I apologize, dude. Like, what you <laughs> you saw was what it's like to live with me. Is out of nowhere you just hear me yell a curse word and you think it's you, or you think there's an axe murderer coming through the window, and what it probably is. Is I'm downloading some new operating system or, you know, or the, the fucking 24 hour room service. I can't get him to answer. Oh. 
I just remember she being like, oh like man, that. I feel bad. I got to get my own room. Like I was like, I must be snoring. But then I, uh, it's funny how you lose weight. You do a little cardio, the snoring goes away. Like Bartnick was saying, he doesn't snore that much anymore since he lost 70 pounds. It's just yeah, sleep apnea. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to speak as a professional here with no medical background that, yeah, that's just, <laughs> you got man tits, man tits. And, and when you lay down, they roll up onto your throat and you're, like, <laughs> you're just doing that. Somebody made fun of me yesterday because I said, cause I'm doing good. I'm doing, I promise you this next time you see me in person, it'll be the best shape you've ever seen. I'll me. be the judge, Paul. Okay. Paul's one of those guys. He okay. drops five pounds. He's like, dude, I look fucking great. I, I mean, I, I look, I look amazing. And then he's no, like, I'm down seven. I'm, I'm down 17 or so right now. And here's the thing. Oh, I friend, respect that double digits. Sorry. My friend gave me shit yesterday. <laughs> I said, right when I get out of bed, I do 25 jumping. <laughs> I do 25 Jesus. jumping jacks. I do 25 jump your Achilles. No, no. I do 25 jumping jacks right when I get out of bed. And <laughs> your wife's still sleeping. No, no, she's already working, but I, I do jumping jacks, dude. And the dog is just looking at me like, what's going on? The room is shaking. And then I do 25 push-ups. That's like right when I get out of bed. Please and tell me you stretch before you do this. Yeah, yeah, I stretch. Well, when I do the push-ups, I make sure I stretch. No, I, all I needed at that first, yeah, was, was the truth. Okay, all right, Paul. No, 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 the arms. I stretch the arms. Jumping jacks. The hoof, is, the hoof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But apparently jumping jacks is childish, according to my friend that I'm a fucking I'm a kid. He goes, yeah, oh, yeah really it's childish, childish till you get over 30. Then all of a sudden I mean, you're doing over 30 of them. And it becomes and it becomes man's work. Um, But no, back to this UFC thing. This you kid also have is, a big watch, Paul, too. Those That's not easy. No, no, no. I, I hate <laughs> it's on the One of your arms is going to be twice the size of the other. Dude, my man tits are down, Bill. It feels nice. Now I take my shirt off and like, you know, I walk, I show, I show off in front of Stacy and I, you know, I'll just walk into the kitchen and be like, this is your, you, you, you sleep next to this every day. You know that, right? And That's she just great. rolls around. Yeah. Um, and then Sophia goes, dad, put clothes on. <laughs> I've become, dude, I've become my dad. I'm walking around the house in, in like my underwear. Uh, anyway, I digress. Listen, you realize how fucking, how much of a shit talker you are. What are you trying to psych out your own family? Like you're going to drop 40 on them? Put a shirt on, Paul. What are you doing? <laughs> you fucking stop watching the UFC. You're like standing across the octagon, staring them down. Did you did you come in the kitchen and start running backwards? You know how they do that shit? They do that little gallop. <laughs> Slapping Lucas five as he's eating his pancakes. I run around. Uh... This kid, Izzy, is this kid. You jump up that, on the kitchen island like you just won the fight, slamming your chest. I straddle it and start pointing at the neighbors. No, um, this kid, this kid that won, the champion, that Izzy kid, okay? The style bender kid. Style he's, bender, I like that sound. He's nasty, and he's like he's fighting this big Polish guy that if the Polish guy catches him, it's going to be night-night. But he's so good. I've been to like, Poland. I can see that. I can picture this guy. Oh, dude, this 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 Polish guy's got that Polish uh, jaw and and the head that looks like if you hit you him. Don't want to get slugged in Eastern Europe. It's just it's not going to be good. No, this Polish kid, you can Poland, hit the head. Slovak. You start getting into Russians. They just got big meaty hands. You're going down. You're going down to them. And you're going to fall on a cobblestone street too. He bad. looks like if I punched him in, in his face, <laughs> cobblestone street reminded me of Estonia. Um, 
he looks like if you punch him as hard as you can in the face, it truly would not phase him. Like this guy looks like, I mean, listen, these guys are nuts, but what I, what I don't like about this kid and it's actually uncharacteristic of me, you know, I love a head case. You know, I love a shit talker. I'm a shit talker a little myself, but not as much as I think you would say I am. This kid started breaking thoughts in there, Paul, but okay. This kid started break dancing while the guy's like coming to that he knocked out. So he knocked the guy, he knocked the guy out. The ref's doing this. And then he just, he starts doing this. And then he starts spinning on his back, like a break dancer. Then he gets up and he's doing this. And you literally see the guy, like doctors are on the guy on the ground. And for that reason, I want this Polish guy to put him the fuck to sleep only because of that. Um, but then you can't get mad at a guy trying to get a, trying to get a contract, you know, I mean, he's, Maybe he's guy, not a good talking shit as Conor McGregor is. So he feels like, but you know what? I know how to dance. You know what he should do is every time he knocks somebody out, he should do a different style of dancing. You oh, know, at one a- point he grabs his coach and he does like some, one of those, you know, cheek to cheek dances. If they ever did a documentary on his life, he would remember the guy by the dance. Yeah. He'd be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the fucking break. Dance. You moonwalk. You moonwalk. Remember that you did the waltz. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine, though, like, biggest stand-up show you ever did in your life? They were all big to me, Paul. <laughs> I know. No. Sorry. Um, no. <laughs> maybe, Paul. I don't know what's wrong with me. Not one show comes to mind. They all feel the same. Maybe like, about, your, home, about like, your hometown, TD, Gar- TD Garden in your hometown? Well, anyway, anyway, all right. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Paul, I'm a Waldorf lunatic. I just go up there and I'm listening to them and making sure they have a good time so they want to come back. If you want to say the most fun shows, that's well, I guess what I'm question. What's the biggest one? It's, I feel like I used to do stand-up, dude. I don't even remember. I know. Shit's I know. fading away. What's the biggest show I did? Probably my last one. My last official one where everybody wasn't wearing masks. I did the Bond Scott thing. With uh, with Dean Del Rey, 40th anniversary, 30th, uh, let's see, 90th, oh my God, 40 years ago, the 40th anniversary of Bon Scott's death. I got to work with Mark Marin, Dean Del Rey. I'm going back, I forget, but you know, Steve Gorman was on drums. I got to sit in for half a second. I don't remember the song that I played. So, all right. Well, the point I'm trying to get is whatever your nerves you felt during that, going into an octagon, knowing, knowing that you you can really literally be put to sleep in front of millions of people around the world and they'll remember that knockout and ass kicking you got the rest of your life is more ballsy than fucking anything, anything. Without anybody, a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. And the worst thing is, is a bunch of douches who don't even know how to fight will then be like, yeah, he got, you got knocked the fuck out. And you, and you know, those people who uh, their favorite Roy Jones fights are like the two he lost at the end of his career. And they ignore everything that he did up until then. I hate that. Yeah. I yeah. Fucking it's hate like, that. dude, you need to go home and punch your dad. That's what you need to do. And you got to stop taking it out on these guys. Cause dude, the f- <laughs> just to know that there's a professional fighter. Yeah. Looking at your fight tape training and coming up with the strategy to basically do brain damage to you. Yeah. To look, I at mean, that's and- like nauseating. Yeah, because they'll be like, oh, Burr leads with his left leg and comes with the left. And then they take that away from you. And then Belichick. 
It's over. And then there's my big pumpkin head just sitting right on a fucking golf tee. Oh, waiting to get kicked. And oh. the way and the way they I would go, go up and out of the octagon. I might even hit the mezzanine level. My head wasn't so heavy. Can they do something like in WWE? Can they like, and this is a serious question. If they're grappling, can a guy just turn a guy and like, can they do shit like that if they were strong like enough? Like the or? DDT? Yeah. You know, this might be a Rogan question. I don't know what you can do. You can sort of suplex a guy, <laughs> but you just don't let him. Like if you did a, I know you can't kick anybody in the head when they're on the ground. You can't punch in the balls. Dude, you should, you should watch like the original ones that UFC came out of. They were like no fucking rules. I and think you know maybe what? like no eye gouging, but I believe you could punch somebody in the balls. You could kick them when they were down. It was kind of like watching a bar fight between yeah. two like <laughs> Olympic level athletes. I listen. I'll never forget that time that fucking guy. This black dude got this white guy somehow like this, like Jesus on the cross. And he was up here and the guy's head's here. And he just, he started pulling him in, doing elbows. He was like an accordion going, what gage, what gage, what gage. In the first three, the guy's like this. And then he just started like, like, and like classic. My, my only problem with MMA is you take about 63 more shots after you got fucking knocked out. It's unbelievable how much punishment because it's like in boxing, if the guy goes down, you're like, okay, no, done. But with them, you can still go. Yeah. You can still like just keep hitting and hitting. And they're so fucking fast that yeah. even the best refs, I didn't know it's not 60, but they, they get at least three more in. Dude, that guy, Derek Lewis, one of the biggest knockout guys, he knocked the guy out cold and then two of the biggest punches while he was sleeping and his head went off and it was nuts. But I got to tell you something. I shit on the UFC. And I used to call you going, what the fuck? These guys are barefoot. Want to put, you know, put socks on. This is stupid. I like boxing. And you know what? Boxing yeah, they were just... laying around. You thought they were in the missionary position. It made you uncomfortable. Well, you know what? I mean, you I have still... to understand the sport before yeah. you can see two shirtless guys in that position. It's a little shocking at first. It's beating you boxing. They're trying to kill each other. I think, I think everything's cool. No, listen, I, I was just one of these, like, yeah, I was one of these Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, even Tyson. I wanted, I like boxing at its best. I put it, it's, but it's every fucking 18 months, if that. So Dana White and them, they, they did it. Um, then you got this Amanda Nunez, who's like. Oh, she's amazing. She's the, she's the co-main. So you got, you got two of like this Saturday night is nuts. And she's fighting a big, big woman who hits and kicks hard, but I still think Nunez gets in like Tyson used to and puts her to sleep. You know what's I'm nuts not about fighting, though, is no matter how good you are, if you do it long enough, somebody's going to be, because it's it's that age thing, too. Somebody is going to beat you. And if you're the best, everybody's looking at you to figure out how, you know, everybody's breaking down your style, sharing notes, Seeing, okay, well, this person made it at least to the second round. This person made it to the third round. They gradually, like a pack of dogs, just run you down. And I just can't imagine being like a champion, you know, because everybody wants to leave undefeated, right? But then you love doing it. Yeah. You love the money. And you know, you, you know you're like, you, I, I would be thinking early on, I, I just don't want to be that guy who thinks he has one more in him. 
Yeah. And then my jaw gets spun around my fucking head. Like, I, I don't want that to have happen, Unfo but it's like, it's really hard to avoid. Unfortunately, that happened to Roy, who was one of my favorites. Um, that's why, you know, I still, me and Mike Vecchione, shout out to funny comedian Mike Vecchione. He said what I said. It's like, say what you want about how boring Mayweather's fights were, man. Like, that guy getting out 50 and 0, and he had like five or six really big challenges on there. Out of um, the 44, yeah. What's that? Out of the 44, yeah. My thing is just like, I don't know enough about boxing or anything like that. But what I don't like about boxing, and I'm not talking about Floyd here. I'm just talking about in general how ever since I was a kid, if you were the champ and didn't want to fight somebody, you could like avoid. Yeah. You could avoid them. And I think that that really hurt the sport. And what helps the UFC is that it is a monopoly. So you don't really have a choice. So when they say you're fighting this guy, you have to fight this guy has been great as far as like a fan. But I'm not shitting on Floyd because I think slipping a punch to me is more fascinating than to be able to knock somebody out, which is still cool. But like I've always said, dude, you could tell me in three weeks at this time I'm throwing this punch and you'd still you'd still catch me. I just I, my <laughs> instinct is I go into it. <laughs> Or I watch it come in. I just, I, I can't slip a punch to save my fucking life. People are like, you look here. You look here. And I go, eh. <laughs> Fucking uh, head knock back. Giannis Pappas. Shout out to Giannis Pappas. Hilarious. He, he had one of the greatest analogies ever. He said, Floyd Mayweather's neck roll or shoulder roll to, to, to slip the punch was like Mariano's cutter. And I was like, like, you know he's going to do it. And, and, and I was just Not like, oh my. Right. It's like yeah. Mariano, Mariano guys were like, I know it's coming. Then the guy would saw off your fucking bat. I gotta tell I you, I just wish he fought Pac Pacquiao like 10 years earlier, but hundred percent, hundred percent, but you know, but I understand why he didn't because you know, I don't that, that shit where a guy keeps moving up in weight class and keeps getting stronger. You mean when he turned into fucking He-Man and started fucking destroying people and, yeah. and wouldn't take a blood test? Like, that's the only thing. It's like, take the blood test. Yeah, if so I, I, I wasn't too upset. I was upset as a fan that I didn't get to see the real them. The young them, the real them fighting. But I don't blame him for that. So, I, yeah, so I should shut up. Um, Dude, I got one for you. Stacy met me. How cool is my wife? On my birthday, I was doing a festival in Vegas. She was, we're going to stay. She was going to stay for your birthday because she knows I like a little action, right? So, <laughs> she, she, so she fucking shows up. I'm at like the old Stardust before they fucking demolished it. And she goes, I'm taking you for five extra days for your birthday to Mandalay you Bay. You like the Stardust? That's fucking cool, man. That was when I drove to Chicago for an audition. And I got it. And they flew me out. And I'm doing this Vegas festival, which was kind of new. Um. One of the greatest things I ever saw was Pat Cooper shitting on the whole thing. Pat Cooper came out. He shit on the whole thing. The people that ran it shit on the other perform. It was literally like you worked with Pat was, Cooper at the Stardust. He closed the ceremony of the festival. He was on the thing, oh, and he's talking wow. about you don't serve food during this. Who does this? And they're telling me this guy's on his way up. In my opinion, he should be the way to fuck out on his way to fuck out with those impressions. We've heard them for you, dude. It was people were sitting there. I've never seen anything like. I'm not even joking. I never seen anything. They were like laughing. It was laughing and like, I can't believe this. This guy's wearing cowboy boots. He fucking runs this place. He smells like horse shit back there. It's just so dumb. You don't bring steak out while people are on stage trying to perform. Dude, it was me and Stacey. And anyway, 
Stacy comes out. She takes me to Mandalay Bay, and it's Roy Jones, Tarver one. And this is when Roy came down in weight, and he came in. The fighters come in on Wednesday and Thursday for the Saturday, and they're fighting at Mandalay, where Stacy's got me staying. And we're walking through the fucking casino. But I think I told you, so we're walking through the casino and I see Winky Wright. Remember Winky Wright? He was a great defensive fighter. I see him in this like mint green velour suit playing dice. And I'm just walking and I swear to God, I see Roy Jones Jr. at a craps table with his bodyguard behind him, a woman next to him and the spot next to that her is open. And I look at Stacy and I go, I'm throwing dice right now with this kid. So I walk, I walk <laughs> over. I swear to God, this is a, this is a true story. It's the best. It's one of my favorites, but I feel like a dick because of what I did. So Roy's link, and I noticed, and everybody could notice, his face was sunken a little bit because with the weight he had to lose, he lost muscle. And I remember him being taller than I thought he was. He, they say like 5'11 and 5'6. He's like yeah, six feet, but he was just sunken in a little bit. He was really lean, but he didn't look good. And uh, well, he's a world-class athlete, but he didn't look like Roy. And the role, the point is to me, for people that don't know craps, when the, when the game is on, when the disc flips on, okay, you got to get whatever the point is. So the number was a four. The point was a four, and now the game is on. For craps players, it means just a seven can't come out before a four does. And it's my fucking turn. Okay. And I'm next to, I'm next to him right there. And I go, uh, all right. And I throw, like, I go, give me, give me uh, whatever dollar on, on a hard four. Hard four means two twos dollar on a hard four. Everything he's there. He goes, me too. He goes, me too. He puts it on a hard four. I take the dice and I go, let's get this money. And I roll it hand to God two twos hit the place goes nuts. And this fucking dude, puts his fist out to me like this. It looked like a cinder block. It looked like this to me. Right. Wow. And, and I didn't know what to do. I just, and then like, I ended up giving some awkward, <laughs> some, some awkward. Cause I was just, oh, so, no. I mean, I did it, but at first I, I like went in, like, what do I do? And, and he fucking like looked and he smiled and I, and he, I saw the money that I made him and fuck it. And then I tell Stacy, we're staying for the fight. Let's try to stay for the fight. And then we couldn't. Uh. <laughs> We couldn't stay for the fight, but I, I I hit the hard four and I called it with him and he bet it with me. How cool is that? That's amazing. Yeah, That's dude. Amazing. I and used to he, play craps. I already forget. So if they, they roll a four, that four is the point. Seven or 11 wins on the first roll? Yeah, so the first 11 and you, and you hit the pass line, you hit the pass line. But then if somebody throws a nine, it gets flipped on and everybody wants a nine before a seven hits. You got to wait till they throw a nine? Yeah, because that's the point. So now the game is on. Nine has to come. I thought on the first roll, if you didn't roll a seven or 11, whatever you rolled, that was the point. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, I thought you said they had to throw a nine before it was a point. No, 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 no. Seven, 11 just wins when it's off. Oh, I, th I, th I thought you said you were, you were okay, Spider. No, no, you're not okay, you stuttering prick. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good pressure. <laughs> he, go, he goes, what's oh, the- family, goes, a bunch of rats. <laughs> so the fucking first hole I dug. Uh, nice fucking game. Nice fucking so, game. So, uh, me and Stace are on the mend, dude. Me and Stace are on the mend. So, and, and my wife's been coming down watching the UFC fights with me. She went from being grossed out to it, to being like, this guy's going to lose. I could tell <laughs> she's like, yeah. she's in. Yeah. She's into it. She tries to stay up. She'll have a glass of wine. She'll watch the fights. And, but dude, that's what Dana White and them did. They made like Saturday nights now, like a thing. 
Dude, you my know? wife loses her mind. When we rent that thing, not like, now we get the kids. Dude, she is up off the couch yelling, knees, knees, like, uh, oh, my God. What the fuck? I forget. He used to walk in like a fucking spider. Anderson Silva? Yep. Dude, he when he fucking had the compound fracture on his leg, I was That's just like, like, oh, like oh, that. Dude, when his, yeah, his leg was just hanging. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, horrible, right? Dude, she was like sitting there like right up watching it. It fascinates yeah. her, like watching the replay and shit. Watching you know, a guy. Shit they just did on SNL where they'd say like, you know, talking about uh, women being up late watching like murder shows. Yeah. Yeah, she does that. And she told me, she said, I do it because actually made sense in a way it's just like well you know we're women so like something shit can happen to us so you like watch it and you try and think like what i would have done that's what she said i was just like you know i know it's funny about that my neighbor sent me that snl sketch and said i thought of you because that's what i do i watch murder all night long i i do it i got a i got a thing in my act where i said i'm watching it so much that now i'm like pointing out what he's doing wrong. Like when they, I'm like, dude, they're going to see the tire tracks in the mud. Like I know all the DNA, you know, all the, you know, shit the first 48 was like that. Yeah. Cause I, w- I was watching the first 48 yes. and I said the club soda can, I go, these fucking guys are so stupid. All you got to do when you get in there and say, am I being charged with anything? If I'm not, I'm leaving. If I am, I'm getting a lawyer. And he was like, that's why I hate that show. He goes, it teaches dirt bags how to get away with shit. And he also was saying how, like, uh, I don't want to say all the shit that he was saying, but just just say the way we would watch a stand-up act and say he should put a tag there or whatever. He can yeah. break down the interrogation. It was really fascinating. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know no, what? No, he was really, he was going like, anytime you see a guy, if he's interrogating them and there's a table between himself and the suspect, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I said, why? And he goes, you don't want any barriers that they can hide behind where they can feel comfortable. Wow. And he, he broke the whole thing down. I sat in like 10 different positions. I was like, if I sit like this, he goes, you're guarded. I was yeah. like, what about this? And he, he broke down what level that was. And then he was saying how he would do this thing where when he felt a confession was coming, he would lean forward and have his hands like he would get into a confessional position. And wow. people have a tendency to mirror your body language. Yeah, that's nuts. That's some guy to admit that that you know finally let up that he did it. You know, Excuse so when he me, watches Mr. that shit, that's like us watching Evening at the Improv, going, "Oh my God, a Jack Nicholson impression! What is this guy doing? Did he know this was on TV?" Excuse me, Mister. Do you have a pretzel? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody loved a pretzel in Europe like clubs. Soda Kenny. It was his favorite thing to do. He would go to the stand that had him and he would just walk around. <laughs> what what kind of train are we taking? Oh, a choo-choo train, Paul. Hey, if uh yeah, oh man, I, I can't wait to get back out on the road with that guy. He's um, just the best. No, he was fucking, he was just he's he fucking hit me up recently. Like, I love the new podcast. My some of my two of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. I've never I seen talk, like, I talk to him. I don't talk to him as much as I'd like to, but I still talk to him. I don't go more than a week. He's just the funny thing is his same expression, even with the funniest thing. I've watched him laugh and he just I've never seen a drier. It's even it could be so no, funny. He has a or sad, he goes, and his his voice kind of rocks his head. 
That's it. That's, that's how I know how much how hard I laughed him. How red his face gets and how many times his head rocks back. If it's over three, I'm like, all right, he's dying laughing. <laughs> that's he's cool. a security guy, man. He's stealth. Even when he even when he laughs, he doesn't make any noise, Paul. The man never forgot his training. And make no mistake about it, Kenny could throw somebody through a fucking glass door. I mean, he's. <laughs> I saw I Kenny kick a door shut in Budapest. I'll never forget it. Really? Oh yeah. There was people coming through. He didn't want through it. He was trying to take oh. a picture. He oh. back kicked it. I remember. It was that. funny because it had a window on it, so I saw the person on the other side. Whoever took the picture with me got a great picture. I remember it was snowing out. And Kenny's standing there in fucking sneakers. I thought I felt like we were on the fucking Western Front. We're in the middle of fucking Europe. And, he, and he's like, not yet, not yet. This fucking guy just kept pushing his way through. And Kenny did, I don't know, some Kempo karate shit from way back in the day in Jersey, some strip mall. He broke that one out. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's fucking. Slammed that fucking door shut. I saw like him like working out in the gym. Like he's a fucking dude. He's I was he yeah, six man. five. He's a he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. I oh, fucking Kenny dude. I miss that guy. Kenny, how much I, weight is that? Two twenty five, seventeen, <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> Kenny uh, could pick up the Nautilus equipment. He could work out with that. He could just whatever you were curling with. He would just. Are you he done was, with that so I can pick it up and do my tries? <laughs> oh, I love he would all he'd want to do, he'd come with to smoke with at the cigar lounge, but he wouldn't smoke. He would uh, watch James Bond on TV and you knew he was tired. You'd be like, Kenny, dude, you could go back. Like one night, one night. Oh, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. They'd be good. <laughs> Kenny, you don't have to do this dumb shit. I'm in Prague. Nobody knows me here. Get out of here. <laughs> oh no, if anything happened, I'd feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Whoa. Whoa. Viore brings you a brand new fresh perspective on performance apparel. Perfect if you are sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Everything is designed uh, to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. Uh, so freaking comfortable. You want to wear it all the time. And I'm not joking. I actually have my Viore Sunday joggers on right now. I've been in them. Paul, you know days. about comfort. Oh, listen, I've been in these joggers for three days. Okay. I'm not even joking. I, I picked, <laughs> I picked my daughter up from school in these things. I'm never taking them off. Uh, <laughs> uh, everything is designed. Uh, it's comfortable. It looks good. Uh, the word Viore is a Finnish word for mountain. Okay. That's hilarious. We're singing Italian. How dumb are we? Yeah. <laughs> we have, we'd have to some weird accent. Um, Viore's performance uh, loungewear inspires the expansive clarity you get from the top of a mountain view. Okay, so hey, yeah, you know we were... the Finnish people—they—they they defeated the Russians in World War II, but because they were on the Axis side, when when uh, Hitler lost and and um, Mussolini lost, they were on the losing side, so they had to give a part of their country, even though they won. Go ahead. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing the Sunday joggers right now. I got the maroon. You know, I'm a kid. I don't know if I ever told you this. I'm a kid that loves maroon or burgundy. So I've been wearing the burgundy joggers for a couple of days now. Uh, I love the men's core shorts. They're so breathable and comfortable. My wife loves the leggings, uh, the women's daily leggings. Uh, literally, 
Uh, the high waist is stylish and they fit perfectly. Good quality material. She loves them. Their clothes are so versatile. Viore can be worn for just about any activity like running, training, yoga, but also great for lounging or weekend errands. Viore is an investment in your happiness. Uh, they really are great, dude. I'm fucking touching them right now as I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> hey, Paul, try to keep it clean and get through the copy, okay? Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, for our listeners, uh, they are offering 20% off the first purchase. Get yourself the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Viore.com slash better. That is Viore, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash better. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, uh, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 uh, and free returns. Go to vioriclothing.com slash better and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And I'm serious. I'm going to keep ordering from them because they are really comfortable and great clothes. Paul, is there anything better than being comfortable? No. Absolutely. All right. Stamps.com, everybody. Hey, let's face it. Taking trips to the post office is probably not how you want to spend your time. That's why I recommend mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from USPS and UPS and MOA. Um, Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money with stamps.com you get services uh you get the services of the post office and ups all in one place plus big discounts on mailing and shipping rates i use stamps.com back when i did the road to send out my stupid posters whatever crap i was selling at the end of my show stamps.com didn't judge me they didn't look at my posts and say what is this shit they shipped it out uh, whether you're a small office uh, sending out invoices or an online seller, shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease, no problem. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62%, 62% off of UPS shipping rates. There's no risk. And with my promo code BETTER, B-E-T, our promo code BETTER, B-E-T-T-E-R, uh, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free post postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in better that's stamps.com promo code better dude yeah, i'll tell you how quick how, how quick time is going by is i just scared the shit out of myself where like i think george carlin died at 71 and he died in either 07 or 08 and i was 40 39 40 and 71 seemed like light years away and now all of a sudden 13 years goes by i'm gonna be 53 this year yeah. 71 is is 18 years away it's just like what the fuck just happened it's really really scary no dude my my son is getting older and it's weird because me and you are a generation apart so a lot of my nerves opening for you helped with so many big huge fucking gigs young 
and I'm going fuck it now that I'm headlining, but I still get nervous because I'm, I just started selling tickets like a year and a half ago and it's moving up, but it's like, it's, it's nice when you hear that they're there for you, but you know, on your way, that's up, a new you, kind of nervousness. Cause now it's like they have yes. expectations. Yes. That's and where I'm at. Saw you special. And now yes. you got your new thing. And is, is the new thing going to be, that's, that's why I always make sure where I feel like this is at an acceptable level of funny that yeah. I can now bring this out on the road and not feel like I'm screwing people. Cause you can't ever screw your fan base. I still do like, I don't think entertainers, so many of them still don't understand. I saw a couple guys do that, go back out with the same shit or, or charge them too much fucking money and their act wasn't ready. And people are like, they're not stupid. No. no this no. guy just vacuumed 60 bucks, 50 bucks out of my fucking pocket. Yeah. And that was like, it was all right. You know, <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. You can't have it. It was all right. But that it, what you just said is where I'm at. Special came out. Now it's like people are going, okay, let me see. Next one's got to be better. Do my manager who's, who's been in this for a long time. He said, he said something great. He goes, he goes, anybody could do one special. He goes, you do comedy for 20 years, 30 years, you do a special. He goes, doing another one. He goes, getting a couple of them out and having them be good is one thing. He goes, anybody can, you could do comedy your whole career and go, I'm going to put the best of my hour out. He goes, no, doing it again. And I love that. But like, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a competitive yeah. lunatic. I would never put, you don't put it out if it's not better than the last. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a but you got to do Frank Sinatra said his whole fucking career. He's like, if you're not nervous, something's wrong. As far as like a good nervous, like I'm going to come out here. Dude, Tyson used to cry in the locker room, they said, and then turn the cry into a rage and then just start beating a locker until like a fucking soda can crumbled. And he would just go out there and want to put it, put the guy's face through the back of his skull. Yeah. I remember I never heard the crying thing. I just heard he was like, felt like scared. And then in the move walk, by the time he got to the ring, he felt like a god. Well, I don't know if he always cried, but the one they showed this one specific incident in the movie where he's just in there and he just starts getting really emotional. And, and then he just starts teeing off on this locker and then walked out. And I'm just thinking, God be with the guy. He's going <laughs> to God be with the guy who's to do. Could you imagine if Mike Tyson just stared okay. at him? In the I got one for you. Your uh, top five stare down. Oh, five stare down guys. You got a Tyson. Yeah. Uh, Tyson for sure. When that one guy was going back and forth and Tyson's eyes just I, went with them. Yeah. That was, I brought that, that up to him on the podcast and all he did was talk about how cool Peter McNeely was and that they stuck him in some hospital. McNeely showed up, go, come on, man, let's go, out, go get drunk. And I was just like, that's like the coolest, like that you could be looking at a guy like that. And then once it's over, you could just go out and go get beers with the guy. You always hear that about like enforcers and shit in in uh in hockey. But top five, I go Tyson. You know who I loved? Who I fucking loved? Tommy Hitman Hearns. Tommy because because he was so lean, he was like five eleven, six feet, but he could make middleweight, which back then was like one fifty five. I mean, the yeah. guy was just a rope, and he would yeah. stand there. He have his trunks pulled way up, and he had the Jerry curl and the fucking goatee. And he'd just be looking down, <laughs> looking down at the guy. What was he? It was the, uh, the fuck was his Nick? It was Hitman Hearns. And he had another one, the Cobra or something like that. It was because he had this fucking right hand. That one he hit, uh, he Hagler? hit fucking Duran with it. Oh. And just, he hit him. Like he was knocked out standing straight up and just fucking, like he hit him. And then one of the color guy goes, that's it. 
like just fucking i don't know what has there ever been a documentary on that middleweight division Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, Duran. No, I think there was. I think there was like a 30-30 with one of them, but it showed the whole thing. Wait, you said to Tyson when you were when the guy was going back and forth, you you said you specifically He's a mentioned- super humble guy, so he's like, "Oh, yeah, that guy was cool." Like he he's like he just kind of He's past it. Well, I mean, he he didn't want to um where he is as a person, I just kind of felt like you know, he's um I don't know. I obviously don't know what it's like to exist at his level of fame and power. I, I think that like he, he, I don't know. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to verbalize it, but it's just like, I can't listen to too much of that. Yeah. It, it puts me to a place where I don't want to be. I want to be humble and present, enjoy my kids and my life. Like that's where this guy was at. Like I really, really enjoyed my time on his podcast and, and, uh, you know, dude, a, only a couple times in my life have I met arguably the best guy to ever do what they do. Yeah. I met him. I met Lawrence Taylor one time and just. Oh, dude, how about that like, clip I sent you a Taylor as a rookie where John Madden goes, This is the best. I've never seen a guy take a man that's bigger than him and throw him around like that ever in my life. I've never seen, and he did it as a rookie. I've never seen anything like it. I'm not even kidding. I'm not saying it because I'm a Giants fan either. No, no, he totally. He changed the position. They didn't know what to do. They just like they literally did not know what to do with the guy for the first five years of his career. Then they came up with the game plan, I feel, and it still didn't work. They thought that it just and then all these guys started like it's amazing once somebody shows you what's possible. Yeah. Then you had all these other guys, all of a sudden they're standing up. Dude, linebackers yeah. stood here, and then there was the defensive lineman. He came up and just remember he just standing there. Quarterbacks looking up like, what "Fuck, is this guy doing?" No, he he was. <laughs> I've never seen. I got one for you. You're about to fight somebody in the UFC. You got a big main event. You guys get to the whole hotel around the same time, and you and him bump into each other in the elevator. You and the guy that are on the poster. What you? What do you? You say anything or no? Just you two. See, I'm too nice of a guy. I would be like, hey, dude, man, you know, hope every your family. <laughs> Unless he said shit about my, like, if he said some shit about me or my family. But if it was just like a main event and you're in the elevator. I wouldn't say, with- I'm, 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 I'm not fucking with my money. I'm not going to say anything that's going to make him mad. And then he starts swinging on me. Now we're fighting for free in the elevator. It's like, if you're going to knock me out, I'm going to get paid for it. I'm not going to fucking. <laughs> so what are you going to, so what are you going to do? You're just going to look at your phone, make like you don't see him. That's it. I'm just give him a nut. That's it. I'm not, I'm not fucking giving you anything. No bulletin board material, and I'm not fighting you for free. You're so you're so fucking fun. That is such a you <laughs> thing to. Yeah, I would love to see because you would be like, yeah, you know me. I would I would crack. I'd be like, that's a big one tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> I would say, so, I, I'm too. I would say I would do something stupid, and then you know what I would do? I would call my four friends in life, and I go, dude, you think I fucked up? Do you think I should I shouldn't have done that right now? He thinks I'm weak. That's what would happen if if, if I did that. Uh, <laughs> I love big... that you just put me into a headspace that I could even I couldn't even get in one of those uh, rough and rowdy things. I wouldn't even oh. do that. Oh shit, dude! I couldn't even win one of those. I'm old, man. I'm fucking old. I'm tired. I'm oh, actually man. not tired, dude. I fucking I I've been getting sleep this month. I just decided this month I was going to take care of myself. 
That's yeah. it. I'm just like I'm just I'm gonna get sleep. I'm not smoking sticks. I'm not fucking staying up all night. I'm not guess gonna how, try to do a thousand guess things. How, guess how many sticks I had this year so far? We're in March. I had a year's worth so far. Would you? How many? I think three or four. I'm just enjoying them when it's time to enjoy them. I'm That's done with doing it in 32 degree weather under my deck, calling friends, shivering. I'm not doing it anymore. I, I, I used to do that. I used to be like, Hey, what's going on? And like, I would have a Cuban that I just couldn't enjoy. You always do this to me. What? You always do this to me. What did you I You say back to me what I told you. All the way back to when you told me Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady. And then by fucking seven years later, like, dude, Tom Brady's the greatest fucking quarterback. No, right? no I was wrong. I that. told you from fucking day one, Paul, if I see you smoking one more Cuban cigar behind a fucking dumpster in, a, in the goddamn well, rain. Well, listen, I never did it in a dump next to a dumpster. I mean, that was a you little fucking standing outside. You could see your breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You and Barton. I used to, dude, I closed with that on that audio that didn't fucking work. The first time I did uh, MSG, I know I I told that I, I have a. Oh, uh, you told the story about in my garage. Yeah. All right, yes. I'm gonna tell the. I'm gonna I'm gonna basically do the. I'm gonna tell the story here. So, All right. me and Paul do a gig, have a great time, and then we get we get some fucking sick bottle of bourbon. Somebody gave it to us or some shit. I can't remember what, and we're driving back to his house because I'm staying at his house. Um, um, on paper, I'm, I'm his kid's godfather, right? Because you never did the Corleone ceremony. No, no, we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. Was a kid like 26 now? Um, <laughs> so we're driving there. We got cigars. We got the fucking bourbon and all of that shit. We're so fucking amped up. We're so stupid. It doesn't even dawn on us until we pull up to your house that you're married with two kids. <laughs> where the hell are we going to drink this and smoke it? And I go, Paul, when are we going to drink and smoke this? And it, it was the middle of winter. It was like fucking one of those 15 degree. The second you go outside, you just start cursing. Fuck it. Cur, 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 cur. So you go, oh, don't worry. We will smoke it in my garage. So I'm gonna I said, oh, fuck. And I immediately was just picturing this man cave. Because nobody puts their car in the fucking garage anymore. Everybody turns it into another room, right? Leather couches, heat, <laughs> whatever. And I fucking go into his garage and it's a garage. There's like old creepy toys hanging. There's just paint cans. It was just bags of clothes and shit that you're going to take to Goodwill and shit. And it's like fucking freezing cold in there. And I'm looking at you like, what the fuck? But I don't want to be rude. And the only light in there was from the end of your driveway. There was a street light. It was coming through one of those square windows. So we're sitting in there with bourbon with ice on it. I got my gloves on. With big winter coat, and I'm smoking this fucking thing, <laughs> stepping in. And I look over at you, and you just look at me, and you go, doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> uh, it gets a lot better. We could be inside. There could be heat. There could be leather could chairs be and a game on. The music. There could be a waiter, waitress coming over here. It could get a whole lot better than this. I know. That's me, you know, eating a sandwich, looking at the leaves. I know. It's just I took the moment. But, yeah, it could have been a lot better. It definitely could have been a lot better. Um, but Dude, I'm done, man. You're a good guy. I can actually feel the sadness that, that I went there and maybe didn't have the best time I could have had. Oh, you're, you're you a know, hell the, of a host, Paul. You really are. 
The thing with me is when you walk into my house and this is just, and anybody will tell you this, I take pride in this. If you walk into my fucking house, the chances of you not having a glass of something within fucking 30 seconds, is just not going to happen. You're going to have fucking cheese. She'll have cheese and salamis up there. And you're going to have a fucking glass of grape juice in your hand before you get up the stairs. And that's just how it's going to be when you come to my fucking house. You're going to have food. You're going to fucking eat a lot. You're going to have a great fucking time. And then we're going to go outside and smoke sticks while they prepare dessert. That's what the fuck is going to happen when you come to the Versey household and you're going to leave going, what the fuck just happened? Oh, and shit. anything other than that is unacceptable. That's it. I mean, what do you say to that? I love how you went Trump in the beginning. And anybody will tell you that. <laughs> the hand goes out. Anybody tell you. You fucking ask. People don't even know me. No. They look at me and be like that. That guy's handing you a glass of wine and some, you know, some cheese. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, man. They're going to miss Donnie T. In like three months, they're going to miss Trump shit. Even if it's ridiculous, they're going to go. Remember he used to just. I mean, it, I'm telling you, dude. I have to tell you, the, the country is a lot more boring. Or maybe it's because I'm out here in Hollywood and everybody's fucking not in a hissy fit anymore. But like, Jesus Christ, like th that guy was. Uh, Dude, you're going to be like, remember he that was, guy he, was like a, he was like a Vegas show that just went 24 seven. Oh, dude, he came out the other day. He goes, and I just might come back and beat him a third time. And the place went nuts. I mean, he's still got it. <laughs> he's still fucking. Wait, I, may, I might beat who? who the the he goes, Democrats? He, he came out and spoke. And he goes, and who knows, 2024, I may come back and beat him for the third time. And the place went, fuck. I mean, it was, the guy's got gold. I mean, I don't know what he should have. Dude, can you imagine if he was a boxer? I mean, you would watch every fight he had. He just would know what to say. And you'd either be like, dude, I love this guy. Or I want to see him get knocked the fuck out. I mean, he is like, he is a promoter's <laughs> dream. I might just beat him a third time. He said, "I'm who knows, I may come back and beat him a third time and just stepped back from the podium. Dude, if I was in a movie theater, I'd be like, I'm seeing that movie. Dude, he stepped I back from the- I what's going to happen. He stepped back from the podium like he released the three and knew it was going in before it went. It was, and, and the place is just going nuts. And then he just did a nod. He just goes like this. <laughs> one, one of the most fascinating fucking- of the last, I said, of the last I, 50 I've, years. I've ever, good and bad. I have just, uh, mostly bad. I, I've never seen like that level of that. Cause I, I grew up with a few people like that. Yeah. That, that unbelievable, like, uh, low self-worth. So you, you compensate with just your yeah. ego through the fucking roof. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, that's, that's a, that's a torturous way to live. He, one of my favorite things about Trump is when you would compliment him, he would go, look, look at interviews where they compliment him. You compliment him and he would go, he's a good man. You know, <laughs> he just, he needed that. He's a good man. You know, he knows, he knows, he knows, uh, he knows you know, and, everybody knows. And his memory was nuts. Dave Portnoy went to the white house to interview him, which is such a fucking huge get. Right. And he's sitting down with him. And Portnoy goes, you remember when Sasha Baron Cohen had Ali G, right? You remember that? Yeah. The Ali, the Ali G show. And he would go in and be like, hear me now. And dude, he sat down. He sat down with the defense, the secretary of defense, the Vietnam War. And he goes, and he, <laughs> he goes, during it, did you ever think about switching sides? And the guy goes, no. <laughs> he goes, come on. You being a bit. My favorite yeah. Ali G one was when he came in and he had another distinguished panel. And he basically said somebody took a shit. 
in the toilet and didn't flush it, and I don't appreciate that. And the uh, look on his face, he looked so fucking mad. Oh, uh, yeah, he was, dude. Oh, uh, dude, I was crying laughing watching that. And then you see this guy's just going like, uh, no, I didn't do that. And I, I don't know why you'd want to bring that up during the interview. <laughs> He's just like... Dude, he had the attorney general, and he goes, is there a chance I'm not going to die? And the guy goes, no, no, you will die. He's a bit pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... He had he had Trump on and he as Ali G and dude, Trump knew in a sec. Trump's looking around and he answers the question and he goes, I want to make a ice. I, he goes, me have an invention. Trump goes, yeah. And he said like an ice cream cone glove. So like when the ice cream cone would drip on the glove and he's pitching it to Trump dead serious, straight face. He goes, and then, you know, the kids, they don't need to work. And Trump's just going, all right. He goes, listen, this is this is over. Listen, he goes, I hope you make a lot of money. And he knew. So Dave Portnoy, fast forward like a year ago, sitting with him and he goes, you're the only one that knew Ali G and that's all Dave Portnoy needed to say. And Trump's like, I like it. He remembered. He's good. I like this. Guy. He just he just needs that shit. And um, listen, I don't mind if Biden comes out a little bit, but I want to see the guy. Like, what are they doing with this? Where is this kid? What? I want to see more Biden. Like, I want to see him out. You know, doing, Why? you know, I, just, I don't know. See, you know, he during the king does all that shit. <laughs> I want to see the old man. But, you know, he does he does the fucking shy. He goes, oh, come on, man. He's you know, he's like walks around eating ice cream, and now he's just. Uh, I don't think he does it. I think Jim Carrey came up with that, didn't he? Or did no, he Jim, do it one time and then Jim exaggerated? Well, Jim, Car Jim Carrey went like Jim. Carrey, Jim Carrey. Oh, 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 Jim Carrey went fucking. I don't know how just, people have time to keep up with. No. All of that shit, because it never ends, man. It's twenty-four hour fucking news cycle is. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to go down that fucking road. All right. Whoever's in office, I just hope they do a good job. That's it. <clears throat> I hear you. I know full great. well who they all work for. That's fucking great, uh, dude. I got one for you, man. I. Uh, We're gonna talk sports at all, dude. Yeah. You see the Celtics? Uh, you see any highlights of the Celtics Clippers? I got to see the first half last night. Jalen Brown and uh, Paul George put on a fucking show, Paul. They just they, – they couldn't miss. PG-13, well, as they call them. How about my Knicks being the fourth seed right you now? You guys got a better record than the Celtics? It wouldn't surprise me, man. We lost like fucking three in a row. Like, I felt like five out of seven. We went like seven and ten last month. I can't believe I'm saying this. The New York Knicks are second in the NBA defensive efficiency. Number one, I believe, in block shots. We're fourth seed right now. You sound like a fucking community college trying to figure out what you're fucking number one in. Hey, man, listen, we got to... I think we say number two in the East. No, or uh, number, number two in uh, the amount of towels used during the, <laughs> the game. No, we're, we're, number, we're number four in the East. We're number four in the East. We're 500 going into the All-Star break. We're going to beat the Pistons tomorrow to be above 500 for the first time in fucking yeah. however. I thought you were going to go fucking uh, Howard Dean. We're going to beat Detroit, and then we're going to Sacramento to beat the Kings. Ah. You guys are sixth. What's that? You're sixth. We're sixth? Yeah, Celtics are fourth. Celtics are 18, 17. Raptors are 17 and 17. Next oh, we have 18, right? We what have 18. What we're seeing right now is a diehard look at the look on his face that is a diehard Knicks fan no 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 but Andrew we have 18 as well as the Celtics correct 
Yeah, but you got one more loss than us. Okay, that was because of last night. All right, we beat them tomorrow. We'll be back. We're back. It's all right. It's one game. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do we, you know, you acted like. Well, that it's... happened. Yeah. All right, that happened last night. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, fucking uh, shout out to Andrew Themlis on the other side of this thing. Fucking being a Boston guy, had to fucking you got throw two that. Celtics fans, Paul. You got you got to know what what arena you're walking into here. I, guess. <laughs> I wasn't giving you shit. I was happy for you, but you know, if our if our producer stats was the stats, Paul, the stats don't our, lie. If he was from New York, he would have never fucking jumped up. It's actually six. You guys lost yesterday. I mean, what the fuck, Andrew? <laughs> Hey, Paul, you know it. Everybody knows it. You guys are the sixth ranked. Some fucking asshole comes on and goes, hey, Paul, just so you know, the Knicks did this recently to you guys. Okay, your record at so-and-so, so don't get. And it's like, listen, can I fucking have something with the Knicks? Can I have something? You know, it's March. I'm watching fucking basketball that matters. All right. We have a good defense, a new coach. We have a, an all-star. And so and can I fucking have it? I'm a diehard fan. Why? Because I'm not a fucking rat who went to the fucking Nets. That guy's not from fucking Jersey or whoever the fuck. He's not. Most of these people are not from Jersey, you know? So what, you know Brooklyn what? Nets fans? How does that work? Because I was trying to picture if if Massachusetts suddenly had an NBA team in Worcester or Springfield, the, the place where they invented basketball. I don't see all these Celtics fans being like, oh, you know, Springfield. <laughs> it's Springfield. No, what Springfield, happened? We go hard. Yeah. What happened was a bunch of New Yorkers were tired of the Knicks shit. Brooklyn came in playing Biggie at their fucking halftime show. And they had cool colors. And everybody's like, oh, Brooklyn is cool and trendy. Let's do that. You know? That's it's 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 uh, I can't get down with it. I'm not behind it. I think it's a disgrace. I got to tell you, Paul, they got to win one. They got to win one soon because the fact. Well, I mean, it's not that big a deal. You guys have like fucking two teams in every sport there anyways. You Bill, gotta, do you remember the bliss that you had? Do you remember the bliss that you had when you guys won the World Series in 04 as a Red Sox fan? Do you remember what you must have felt then? That's what me and Lucas and Jerry Ferrara and Sam Mar- kind of faded because we won three more times. But I'm trying to remember. It's like the Patriots. You remember the first one? And they all just kind of blur together after a while, Paul. Oh, all know, right. Well, you know, when you only have four teams. But despite that, you know, you go out and win 12 championships over 20 years. It's just it just seemed like one long parade, Paul. Hey, well, listen though, I I've I got my three. That's not fair. Huh? I've never I've never changed who I liked, man, since I was a kid. You know, I have my three teams. You know that. I don't do that. You don't so I'm not saying you do, but a lot of New Yorkers do. You guys just yeah. kind of go with the day and, and Yankees, it's a fucking sin. Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Nets, fucking it's, Giants, Jets. You don't give a whoever's doing well. And it's like do on the back go- of that sports page. That's what who did your you girlfriend are. You guys are all a bunch of fucking rats down there. Oh, get out of here. But I'm, you know what? I'm fucking with you. It's like, how come you don't like, does anybody love their grandparents? It's like, who did grandpa like? You know what? I used to go in my grandmother's basement, my yaya, Andrew. I used to go in my yaya's basement and there would be all these little like Yankee things and show all your grandfather. Yaya? He, that's grandma? Yaya is grandma in Greek. In Greek. And uh, that's, that's re- what little Kim called her pussy. Rest her soul. Jesus. Did it? Oh, that's the ill Nana. Nana was the puss. Yeah. It was the puss. Yeah. Yeah. the grandmother. Yeah, yeah, There's different ways to say it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. With the ill Nana. <laughs> Grandpa loved it. <laughs> 
Oh, this isn't a podcast anymore. What are we doing here? Rest um, your soul. She lived to 99, but uh, something as an outsider. When I came to New York, I could pick, you could pick a Giants Yankees fan and a Mets Jets fan out of a fucking crowd. Rarely Easy. did you meet a Yankees Jets or a Mets Giants, but it was pretty much Yankees Giants, Jets Mets. And you could just see, you saw it in the shoulders. You either saw pride or you saw defeat. You could just see it. You're just like, that guy, oh, that poor bastard. He's out in Shea. And then he's going over to the Meadowlands to watch his giant his Jets play in Giants Stadium. And then, like, Yankees and Giants fans just look like winners. They look like somebody you wanted to get in business with. It looked like it was going to happen. And everybody else, Jets and Mets fans look like Pacino and Donnie Brasco. Just you, you fucking want old shoes and the fucked up hat. Dude, I had a friend who got tickets to a Met game against the Padres at Shea. He goes, come on, Paul, man. I know you're not. I know you're not. Just come. I got a ticket. And I walked in and I did the sign of the cross and I told my grandfather to forgive me when I walked in. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't pay for it. Plus, you're going to no. see him. National League baseball is fun to watch. You know what, dude? I saw a fat Tony Gwynn, rest his soul, up at the plate one of his last years in the league. And he had an 0-2 count. And he was just big and out of shape and oh two count like nothing, just slapped the double and he could barely run. So it was like a stand-up double. Anyone else would have got a triple. He hit it in the gap. And I was just oh two like it was nothing. I mean, that guy was so that was one cool memory. I thought you were gonna say well, then you know, three more pitches, it was a full count. I used to love watching guys like him, Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn, uh, just working a count. Wade Boggs, yeah, um, Rod Carew. George Brett. I just wish, you know, for all this fucking, you know, chicks dig the long ball and everything, I miss those high average guys. Every couple of years, there was somebody hitting 370, 380. Yeah. And then yeah. somebody just have a crate, like Bill Matlock one year had some crazy year for the Pirates where I think he won the National League batting title. Um, one of the coolest things I ever saw, if you're like a silver slugger, I think that's the trophy, you get the silver bat. I yes. remember Rod Carew was in when he was with the Angels. And he had the red gloves. You know, he'd do a little thing, you know. And he had seven of those. He was sitting in his house. Isn't it like two bats? Seven. Isn't it two bats like this? Is that what it is? I thought Andrew, he just, can you, Andrew, can you get that picture of the Silver Slugger Award and see what it looks like? Or is it the thing when you won the title, the batting title? I don't know what it was, but it was just a big silver bat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. um and Dude, he was just some... standing next to him, and it was like, oh, yeah, it's a big silver bat. That's a silver slugger? Yeah. So you, he had like seven of those. And I, I have to be honest with you, the the two, like, listening to people talking about home runs, hitters that hit home runs, is not as cool. I like listening to, like, people uh, um, talking about, like Ichiro was like the last guy. Oh, what is that? That's the Louisville Slugger sign. That's just the logo that, that you're thinking of. Yeah, the Louisville yeah. Slugger logo. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I love listening to those guys talking about, you know, hitting. I I, used, I met this guy one time. He played for the Giants, and he had a real high average against Tim Wakefield, who was a knuckleball pitcher. Mm -hmm. And I go, so why why did you, why were you able to hit 
him and nobody nobody else really had success against the Nuts because it's so erratic. He goes, people overthought it. He goes, I just looked at the tape, and his ball would either go or – so I would just guess. It's either going here or there, and he would just swing his bat. Oh, that's cool. But the thing that was great is he blocked out all that, what the fucking fuck is this thing? Yeah. And he just swung – in the two places that it landed the most. And, you know, you hit three out of ten, you're fucking killing a guy, right? And that's that's what this guy did. He just waited for the location. Oh, that's dude, we had, it was one of the awesome. great uh, after shows. The guy came out, and he was just talking about just hitting. I got to talk to Pete Rose. One time he was doing a signing at, um, at uh, Caesars Palace. Oh, that's a great one. So they had two pictures of him. The Reds, the big red machine won the World Series back-to-back, 75-76. In 75, they beat the Red Sox. In 76, they beat the Yankees. So they had two pictures of him, both times sliding headfirst into third base. Each year, no helmet. Helmet, you know, on the other side of second base because it always come off when he ran around second base. Charlie Hustle, right? So I had him write on the first one because it was against the Red Sox. I write, can you write, can you write, Bill, I'm sorry, Pete Rose. And I said, and you're right, Bill, I'm sorry. And he just fucking looked at me. He goes, I'm not. I go, I go, oh. you're going to get the joke. You're going to get the joke. I loved it. He couldn't shut it off. Right. He's like, I'm not sorry. Like and oh. <laughs> he writes it. And then I go, now can you write oh. Bill? You're welcome. And then he laughed. He got it. Oh, that's great. I just love that. He said, I'm not sorry. That's like the dad that won't let his kid win. Yeah. Like you're going to yeah. beat me the day you beat me. Yeah. That's that's like, uh, I'm not going to go fucking nicey nice here. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want a world. So you're going to put me in a position. I got to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I got 4,000 fucking hits. I agree with you about the hits. I'd rather I'd rather talk about a guy who could steal bases like like watching Ricky Henderson, like go from fucking first to third just on stolen bases. And you knew he was doing it, but he was that good at the art of leading off and and making the pitcher guess. That's like for me, dude, like I love shit like that. I love robbed home runs. A guy would just go over the wall yeah. and take that a home guy run. Minnesota, Minnesota, that center fielder used to do it all the time in the 2000s. Oh, Tory Hunter. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, I saw I saw at Fenway a long time ago. I saw uh, Ricky Henderson when he played on the Yankees. Um, yeah, 24. Still like in the prime of his career, you know, when the yeah. Yankees used to buy a guy, Paul. Why can't you be like the Red Sox and just have homegrown talent? Anyways, manager manager uh, was Lou Pinella. You should have jumped all over me on that one. <laughs> no, I heard you. We're, we're more the Yankees than you guys have been for a while. Um, um, dude, do you play sports, dude? Because something happened that made me sad this week. I had a, you know, on, on Facebook, sometimes there's a memory. There's like a, it's like a memory four years ago and good morning football asked me to host something from the West fourth cage where all of the people, Kay Adams, uh, Nate Burleson, Kyle and Peter Schrager, were going to eat pizza at Joe's and like, kind of do like this whole New York thing. And I was, they wanted me to host it. And I went in and dude, Nate Burleson was like balling. And when he's a fucking guy could have played like in the NBA and he's a great wide receiver in the NFL. And, uh, Schrager goes, dude, throw, throw a pass, throw a pass to Nate. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm in the cage and Nate runs and I throw him a pass and you could see it. And it was, it was a perfect spiral. You know what I mean? But it was oh, a little I mean, it goes without saying you wouldn't be telling the story if it wasn't, but it was a little low. No, it was a little low. And like, it caught him like here, like he got it. 
And he walked back and he goes, good throw. And I goes a little, he goes, that could have been a little higher. That's a good throw though. And I'm like, so it bugged me. So I put that out. And then somebody that I grew up with goes, Hey man, he should have saw you when like you were younger because I had a good arm when I was fucking younger. And uh, you had a great arm. And it made me just feel bad. It made me feel like, did I not like exercise my like sports thing, but I moved a lot. So I drank and wanted to be like, have friends and you know what I mean? And meet girls. And like, I feel like I could have maybe, I mean, listen, I'm five, eight, where am I going? But I feel like I wanted to do something more with it. It made me feel like, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, did I miss out on like being an athlete? Cause I was a fucking, well, you did have a relative that was, is in the Redskins hall of ring of honor, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, Vince Permuto, Vincent Permuto, man. He played two years. He was a two-time all-star. He played a couple years under Lombardi. He's 80 something years old in Florida. And he is, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, say he he played more than two years if he's in the ring of honor. No, no. He played two years with Lombardi, I think. Wow. But, but he, he was, he was there from, I think like 52 or 50 something to 61. What the hell's going on out there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Grab, grab, grab. Nobody tackle him. Oh, he was fun. And you know, he was a giant coach before he was Vince Lombardi was a giant coach, uh, a giant With coach. Tom Landry. That was your offensive and defensive coordinators. When you played the greatest game ever. And was at 58 of 58, you lost against, the Colts against in the Yankee Colts, right? Stadium. Yeah. Colts went back to back. Who did Where, John what? United start with? The Colts, right? No, no. The Rams Steelers traded him. Oh, to get fucking um, uh, Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane, who won two titles, two titles with the Lions. Lions won three titles, I think 54, 55, or 53, 54, and like 57. But 57, he was already on Pittsburgh. I think he was he was gone. Um, don't ask me why I know that, Paul. I don't have a yeah, life. How do you, how, I was going to say, how the fuck do you know that? Because um, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that the NFL ignores pre-Super Bowls and all these guys went out there and fucking slammed into each other and I should know who they are. Bill, who was the Raiders quarterback in 1971? 71, probably still George Blanda before Ken Stabler came in. And Ken right, Stabler, who did Ken Stabler follow at Alabama? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I Come don't on, know. you're a New Yorker. Uh, One of the great New Yorkers. Who did he follow? Who's the greatest New York Not, quarterback as far as, like, superstar? Was it uh, Namath? Yeah. Oh, okay. You, I was thinking Alabama Giants. with Bear Bryant. He went from Joe Namath to Ken Stabler. Well, there might have been a little gap and then Ken Stabler. Can I do a couple of these? Can I do a couple of these with you just to yeah. show? Guys, when me and Bill first met, I started just throwing names and years out, and he was fucking hitting me with it. All right, ready? 1974. Who right, was? This is my wheelhouse, because anything 97 and beyond, I don't know shit. This is my... 1974, the quarterback of the Rams. 74? Wow. God, that... was it Pat Hayden? Was he there already? I, love, I mean, you're asking me, what the fuck do I know? I He's know. right. Who is it? Never heard of him. James Jimmy Shaq, Shaq Harris. Jimmy Shaq Harris, never heard of him. Um, the Steelers, you know. How about Arizona? When did Arizona Cardinals get into the league? They were the St. Louis Cardinals. 
So they've oh, been in the league. They were one of the original NFL teams. So when did they go to Arizona? The 80s. Oh, okay. I think. It was a while ago. Um, nineteen seventy. So are you going to ask me who who their quarterback was in seventy four? It was Jim Hart. Dude, that's crazy. I, I I have no idea who these people are. Nineteen seventy six. Who was the uh, Cowboys quarterback? Oh, Roger Staubach. Come on, Paul. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll do the whole fucking league. I'll do seventy eight. I can do the whole league. Go for it, Steve Brogan. Uh, Richard Todd, Joe Ferguson. Okay, I said Patriots. Patriots was Steve Grogan. Uh, Jets was, uh, was that Richard Todd? Richard Todd. Um, Buffalo was Joe Ferguson. Giants is hard. I don't quite remember who the fuck, who the, it might have been Phil Sims. I think they just drafted Phil Sims in 78. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys booed him. Fucking then it was like Joe Theismann. Um Jaworski, Terry Bradshaw, Brian Sipe was in Cleveland. Dolphins. Uh Bob Greasy. Bengals was uh Kenny Anderson. Where do we go from there? Green Bay was Lynn Dickey. Detroit, I think, was Eric Hipple. The Bears, who Bob Avellini, maybe? Jim Hart was in St. Louis. Uh, Dan Pastorini was in fucking uh, Houston. I'm smiling because it was so much fun watching these was guys. Montana, was Montana there yet? I think he was still at Stanford. You might have been Steve DeBerg with an old O.J. Simpson. I and remember Bill Walsh Steve. came in to prove Paul Brown wrong, which he did. Paul Brown, he was under Paul Brown. Don Coriel, I believe that was the coaching tree. Don Coriel and 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 um, Bill Walsh were under Paul Brown at the Bengals, and Paul Brown was the is the original Bill Belichick. All right, and Cleveland was finally forced him out. So then he went down and started the Cincinnati Bengals, which is why their colors look so much like the Browns. It was a vindictive thing that he did. And the NFL eventually made him put Bengals on the side of their helmet that original hel helmet. And uh, so um, it came time for, uh, well, well, they drafted some quarterback. I always forget his name. The guy had an unbelievable fucking arm and he screwed it up and they didn't, it was like a rotator cuff and they didn't know how to fix it. So his arm was weak. And that's how they came up with the West Coast offense because this guy couldn't throw deep anymore. Wow. All right? so that's where they came up with it. So Bill Walsh thought, because Bill Walsh said, if that guy didn't mess up his arm, you everybody would know his name. So he thought he was the next in line to get uh, to get the hire, and he got passed over like Fredo, and he was devastated. And not only did he get <laughs> passed over, Paul Brown badmouthed him around the league, said he didn't think he was mentally strong enough, something like that. Oh, so wow. he left the NFL, went down to Stanford, turned them into a powerhouse, came back, took over the fucking 49ers. I think in his first or his second draft, he drafted a guy by the name of Joe Montana. Two years later, they're in the Super Bowl playing the Bengals. And they asked him, they go, hey, considering what Paul Brown did to you, passed over and talked shit about you, does this extra special if you beat these guys? He goes, no, nah, no, nah, it's just another game. I can't think like that. I got to focus. First offensive game that they played, 
He called some classic old school, outdated Paul Brown play, like the 23 skidoo. Called it on the first play and then beat the Bengals. And that was his fuck you to Paul Brown. Oh, that's great. How great is that? That's fucking great, dude. Yeah. Now you ask me why I go back because that's what I want to hear. Because when, when you're watching it in, in regular time, I'm listening to analysts and um, reporters and all that. And it's just like, I want to hear what the athletes say and the coaches say, because they actually did it, which is what was funny about the Jordan uh, last dance, that Peter Verse guy or whatever going like, oh, I didn't like it because it was all in his words. It's just like, well, finally, it's in his words. It's like, I listen yeah. to your words and everybody else who who didn't play pro hoop telling me what this guy was. I want right. to hear his perspective. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know that his perspective and your perspective somewhere in the middle, and I'm going to lean towards Jordan is. Right. But was right. But was Peter Vesey saying that, saying that Jordan was not really touching on, on things that were, that people wanted to hear about because of his favorite, because of, because it would be unfavorable to him. Cause I heard Grant I think he was his... pissed that he wasn't in it. I don't know the guy, but I just remember oh, okay. saying, like he was a guy that kind of came up. I'm not just saying him, but it was just people in general. Were no, like... Horace Grant said it. Horace Grant goes, yeah, man, people didn't see a lot of the real shit that happened. So I thought it was okay, but I thought more could come out. And it's like, well, Jordan, Jordan had editing. That's right. also Horace. But then if you saw Horace Grant's, it would be his perspective. People, yeah. the, the, one of the hardest things to have in life is a- empathy and perspective because what goes on, but what you look at and then you think is so fucking real. It's big. This between here is bigger than the universe. There's like two universes that people live in the universe and the one between their ears. And this one seems more fucking vivid. Like that's why you see all this bullshit online with these fucking people like an acorn falls and they think the sky is falling because they're just the fucking. Yeah. Hey, you remember, you remember last week, uh, by the way, I want to tell all the fans here. Thank you so much for the reviews, the reviews on anything better and the ratings keep doing that. It makes the show move up. We really appreciate all the positive feedback, get anything better where you get all your, um, podcast itunes spotify but on the last uh on the last episode i said where are these italian athletes and a bunch of people wrote back so oh, i nick, love it nick and joey bosa dude nick and joey bosa defense and they're beasts and they're and they're fucking beasts like they get after the quarterback and then one guy i forgot his name but he uh he's a big italian ufc fighter but like italy like italian not like not like me, fucking Italian, Italian, yeah. And he's just—I don't know how he's Italian because he's like six three, and he's got the fucking Italian flag shorts. It says UFC. He's fucking huge. He's got this big thing, and I'm like, fuck, man. So there you are- should have a room in your house. That's 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 old school Italian American. Uh, well, I guess Italian if you're going to have an actually Italian, just Italian uh, athletes. I got one for you. I was at a golf course. And guess who was on the Italian-American Hall of Fame wall at this golf course? Old fucking flabby tits. <laughs> Phil Mickelson. No way. Phil Mickelson is his mother's Italian. All right, I got one. For, uh, uh, his tits aren't big, flabby biggest anymore. Biggest Jewish athlete right now. What's that? Biggest Jewish athlete right now. Uh, here's a leaflet on Jewish athletes. Um. No, dude, back in the day, dude, they had boxers. Dude, Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax did this. Pete Rose said, I go, who's who's the tough? uh, 
the toughest guy you ever faced. It was me and Lawhead. We were just like, we couldn't believe it. It was like, it's like our own personal this week in baseball. And we were like, who's the toughest guy you ever faced? And he, and he looks at us, you know, looking at us like we're probably just a couple of jerk offs. So he just goes, who do you think? He's like testing us. And I was like, uh, I said, Bob Gibson. He's like, nope. Lawhead was like, Don Drysdale. He's like, nope. We were naming all these guys. We just couldn't get him. And he goes, Sandy Koufax. We were like, really? And he did this. He goes, like both oh, sides yeah. of the plate just didn't because he was a switch hitter. I, yeah. I took as it didn't make a difference which side which side he batted from. He could make it be right there and then break off on the opposite side. So I just Edelman, Edelman, Julian Edelman. Yeah, I just said that from the movie Airplane. Remember, she goes, "Would you like some reading material?" She says, "Do you have anything light?" She goes, "Here's a leaflet on famous Jewish sports heroes, sports legends." <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I, I heard Koufax was a was an absolute animal. Julian Edelman and who else? There's a. I, I heard a story in in like '88 before the fucking World Series. They brought him in for m- morale, and he was throwing batting practice. And they said, "Sandy, can you slow it down? You're getting into these guys." He was throwing to the Dodgers, and he was he was still wow. throwing gas. Wow. Yeah. Oh, by the way, our boy Brent Barry. This fucking guy, remember? Yeah. Brent, talk about people that come to shows. He was yeah. so cool. The the worst thing, the funniest thing was Brent Barry was at our show in Memphis. Okay. He was calling the game in Memphis. He comes to our show and he comes up to me and he goes, Hey man, I'm Brent. I'm like, I know who you are. And he said the same thing to Lloyd. Yeah, I know who you are. And we're so enamored with talking to this fucking guy who won the dunk contest and he's all this stuff. And fans were coming up going, Hey, nice show. Can you sign this? And we, we were borderline rude. Okay. What's your name? Lloyd, what's your name? I'm talking to Brent Barry here. And Brent Barry came back on the bus and he was so nice and cool and everything. And I'm listening to the game last night. Uh, Knicks were playing the Spurs. Brent Barry is the new president of basketball operations, I believe, for the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, is that right? So, so he got a big executive job with the Spurs. Good for him. Good for him. And, He's a great uh, guy. He, great guy. Great big time comedy fan. Uh, you know, dude, you want to talk about like legendary family? His brother was a baller. His father's all. I mean, that guy was. Uh, that guy was really fucking cool, down to earth, and uh, yeah, he's funny because somebody kid. said to him, "Going, yeah, you won the two thousand whatever. We won the the nineteen ninety something Duncan contest." He goes, "That's right." He says, "You're you're the guy that blah blah blah." All I know is his punchline was, "And now you're having a beer with him." We all yeah, just yeah. died laughing because it was sort of like a little bit of shit talk. No, he, he was but awesome. like humble, like, but really, really humble. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else on the docket, Andrew? I think we covered it, dude. I think we covered it. I can't believe I already did seven episodes. Dude, flying by is, like my life. Next one is two months and it's, it's not work. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke. You know what I mean? We just yeah, turned so our what, phone conversations into a show, Paul. Well, what are we doing? We're America. talking about sports, Italian food, our fucking fights with our wives. What do we give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the are we jewel doing? of this podcast was you, like, I, nobody who listens to this podcast does not not does not want to go over to the Versi's house at this point. No, because, Ooh. listen, I just enjoy life because I know we're all going down and that's what it is. So, you know, I go full, dude. I go fucking full, I man. just love... How you were saying all this wonderful stuff you do to somebody, but you almost sounded like angry. <laughs> you come to my house, you give me a fucking glass of grape juice. There's going to be cheese and cracks. It's just it's what the fuck it is. 
You were saying it almost like someone would complain. It's just like, no, Paul, that's not uh, no. you know, like, <laughs> like a wonderful host. I'm not trying to. Hey, what a host. What a host. Thank you for having me. Oh, we brought a bottle of wine. I, I hoping you saw that. <laughs> what do you think? I do got fucking wine here. You know what we have to I do? I got like 20 bottles of those fucking things. I can get my wife, bring it up here in two seconds. You, me, <laughs> you, me, Bartnick, Themless. We have to just sit down. We have to say, fuck not drinking. One night, we got to get bottles of bourbon, the, the Hoyo, the Hoyos, or the Partagas, whichever your preference. We got to get I just want a real one, Paul. I'm really, I'm really turned off by the Cuban. I know a real Cuban. You look at the band, you do that. No, when you light it, you say, oh, my God, every time. We did that in Montreal. I thought the ones in Montreal were real at the yeah, place. We're too. not in Montreal. How are you going to? You can drive up, Paul. Four hours. No, we could get them shipped from there. All right. I, I don't know if I ever told this story, but it's still one of my favorite Versi stories. We were doing the uh, Cape Cod Melody Tent down on, uh, down in Cape Cod, literally the name of the place where it's at. And Paul was, was pulling up to the venue. So I gave the security guy his number because he was looking for it's Paul so he, so he could come in and park. And he, oh, no, no, he was talking to me. I go, yeah, Paul, the security guy just needs to uh, know, you know, what you're driving so he can let you in. I go, what are you driving? And you go, I am driving a beautiful 2000, 2011 Burgundy. No. You sounded like you were like, it sounded like you were reading it out of the one ad. Oh, I think, I, yeah, I'm driving, a, I'm driving a beautiful gray 2012 Nissan Maxima. I think I am driving a beautiful 2012 gray Nissan uh, Maxima, leather seats. I just started. Uh, what's funny about you is I started laughing halfway through it, and then you just started cracking up. I was like, "All right, man, I'll see you in a second. He's yeah, driving I'm, a beautiful. <laughs> are you? You know Dude, what? Your voice got all calm too. You like? Where is this venue? I can't find. It. Uh, the guy's gonna let you in, Paul. What are you driving? I am driving a beautiful 2012. <laughs> You know what? You talk shit, but you enjoy the finer things, too. I've seen it. I've said you're the most Italian. Make no guys listening to this. This kid, if you think you know Bill, this guy is so fucking. I've never seen a German Irish kid act more Sicilian. The food in the restaurants, your taste for food is very. Oh, maybe different. we're more similar than than the powers that be want us to admit. People. Yeah, like that whole Sicilians never forget. Irish don't, Scottish people, English people. Yeah, but we'll make it disappear, okay? <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. I just, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying some people aren't better at it. We, <laughs> I love that Richard Pryor joke. He goes, the Italians, man. He goes, he goes they just figured it out. He's like, you like walking? <laughs> he goes, you like your legs? You like walking? Oh, oh, Remember? Yeah, yeah. He was just talking about how their business plan is like, you know, if you like walking, that's going to happen. You're going to get that done. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I just, love ah, ah, that. Oh, thing. my what God. He's going to shoot us. Because ah. <laughs> I came in with a gun. The Italian guy started laughing. That's. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, man, you are. You are. Strip. You go. You like the finer things, too. I just. Listen, if there's a God and I could make millions, if I make millions and millions of dollars, you're going to see it spent like nobody's ever spent it before. I promise. Oh, dude, I, I cannot wait 
It's gonna happen. I, You're a fucking I, beast. That 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 it's gonna happen. You put your time in. You did all the fucking gigs. You worked. You got better. It's gonna happen. Bill, I'm gonna fucking be more buy. I'm happy for you because I love you. But it's also gonna be. I cannot wait to see you with money. Uh, <laughs> I'll buy. Told Stacy we're gonna. Dude, I said to Stacy, I go, let's buy a horse. She said, where the fuck are we going to put a horse? And I replied, we'll figure it out. That's who the fuck she's dealing with. To ride or to race? No, to have. I've been walking around. Yeah, to have. What do you mean to ride? To have a horse. There's. I live on farms. People have horses out here. Do you know how to ride a horse? I mean, you fucking get a saddle, you sit on a thing. How long is it going to take to figure that out? You know? All right, everybody. This has been another wonderful episode. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm yeah, just we picturing could... you getting thrown off the back and your untied Jordans going flying in two different directions. We had to get rid of it, Bill. You fucking sitting there in like a neck brace. You had to get rid of it. This fucking thing. This thing was fucking crazy. Did you see the Jordan hey, one? It's like, Bill, I cannot have something that I'm feeding and it's not paying rent. Dude, my, my mother-in-law was there. I, I can't have it. I can't have it. What did you do with it? You know, you know, it's it's not gonna be a problem, Bill. Paul, what did you do with it? You know, I took it. I took it to the park. I let it go. My friend picked it up. Um, took it out in the woods. Did you see the Jordan One hockey skates? They made hockey. Oh. Andrew, is there any way you could pick that up? They made Jordan One, the original, the red, the black, the white. And they made a hockey skate, and somebody said, Verzi's all over this because I go ice skating out with my kids. You got to see this thing, man. It's Dude, really. You skate better than me. I'm skating. And... I can't go Five backwards. I can't go backwards, man. You're too positive, Paul. You're always moving forward. <laughs> I got to see these things. Uh, Paul, you have to go out and get that horse. I, it's, it's, it's done. Bill, it's handled. I'd love, yeah. Ah, uh, those are pretty cool, man. They don't look bad, right? I like the gray better. You know who, who first guy we had? Uh, I want to say Sergey Fedorov had a pair of those back in the day. That's a little too busy for my taste. I like I like the uh, the gray ones better. Um, I'm more subtle, Paul. You got to say though, I do have a little more class than you. A little class. You know you what? Talk, I like. Oh, you I talk. Like, Sometimes you, you you talk. I like Vegas a little more than I should. You don't I like. I was Vegas. just fucking with you, but that little half a snarl you just got. You like? No, because you you know like <laughs> I'll go to Vegas and be like, let's go throw dice at, at the trop, and you'll be like, or we could just go to a nice steak dinner. <laughs> yeah. Instead of throwing a steak dinner on a table, we could actually have a steak. Let's let's go look at some nice. What I don't cars. get with craps is. Anytime it's like, hey, take me down on that six. And they're like, oh, your chick's in the shooter. It's like, well, am I supposed to just leave it here until I lose? And it's a bet option, you fucking, it's a bet option. Wait, here's the thing. When somebody hits the point and everybody wins, does that mean it's over and everybody takes their shit? Yes. What? Yes. It does. Okay, then maybe I was wrong. So there is a, there is the asshole who when a table is hot on fire and everybody's getting the point that the, the one guy comes in and he puts the money that oh, the, the guy's going to to crap out to like the what like is that, the pass or no pass. I think it's the come line. Or something like that. I don't there's a million but uh no, pass line is over once the points out. That's then then you're just waiting for the point to come out. You back you back that bet up but um, there is the guy that bets against the table 
and people get a little bit like, hey, man, we just hit the point four yeah, times. Everybody sees on Twitter every fucking day. Miserable cunt. Yeah. All right. That's the same guy. Same guy. Same fucking guy. All right. This has been another wonderful. Uh, no, that's the wrong podcast. This is. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it has <laughs> been wonderful. Because I always end Bill Burt that way. Oh, well, keep this isn't Bill Burt. I just, I just started <laughs> podcasts with all my friends during this fucking thing. I love Bird. I love you. And I love talking to myself. I got three podcasts. I'll start another one. You think I give a fuck? I'll fucking do a podcast with every friend every day of the week. Right. I'll, fuck, I'll do a podcast with my new fucking horse. He'll just sit there. You think I give a fuck? <laughs> Put a microphone in All front right, of him. Wrap it up, dude. You wrap it up. This is your show here. Guys, man, this has been another amazing episode of Anything Better with me, Bill Burr, Andrew Themlis, the amazing producer out there. Um, please, like I said, reviews, ratings, anything better, subscribe everywhere you get podcasts. Check out the Verzi Effect, the Monday Morning Podcast, all the fucking podcasts we have. Just subscribe to them. And um, check. Oh, I will be guys coming up. Uh, thank you for the tickets that are being sold. Orlando Improv on the 24th of March, West Palm Beach Improv on the 25th of March. Get tickets and all my tour dates of 2021 are on paulbergsy.com. So there you go.